Okay, ni sambuli binaka na turang kina marano. Navarabaw na kina ngunay alawa. Ni samamaya na sala ni mona libulib kina kakambura kiba kayo dhori tiko yan yung go. Senga tala ni ngulivabiyo yara na turang kina marano mbali na sana yotolo. Kumbuna mburmasanga kina matanitu na wewekani na tobata. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I just want to take this time and opportunity to say a big bullet binaka or big bullet to all those that are listening. My name is Michaeli Cruz Dandre, and I am your host for the Everyday VGN's podcast. Uh, before I proceed, I just want to take this time and opportunity to say thank you to all that are listening, or uh, not only thank you, but greetings to all that are listening, whether here in Australia or around the world. So I just want to take this opportunity to say welcome uh, um, and welcome, and also thank you for your support and your continuous, um, you know dedication and also your support of the everyday fijian podcast uh, but also the everyday fijians podcast is uh, uh proudly brought to you by the fiji history page on instagram and on facebook which showcases the past present and future but also as well to mean to you know for this platform for everyday fijians to share their story in the everyday world we live in so the reason why i'm making this podcast today so um look last night we had a i had a podcast with one of the guests that was um with one of the guests, one of the family members, but unfortunately, unfortunately, due to the reception, uh, it was a good podcast, it was a good interview, but then unfortunately, due to the reception, it um it um it accidentally got deleted. So um, well, um, I'm going to do it again with uh, with one of the the guests that I had yesterday. But I was saying to myself um, after that, even though there was, I was disappointed, and uh, I couldn't figure out, oh man, how I'm gonna how I'm gonna bounce back from this, and then I thought to myself, you know what, I'm gonna you know since since all you know the people that have come on this podcast have shared their story and you know they shared their begins i thought to myself you know what I, I think i'll take this time to share my story um you know to share my you know to share my beginnings so you know for those that are listening so my full name for those that may, that may want to know my full name is Michaeli cruz so with my first name Michaeli, i'm named after my granddad from my dad's side um who was once um who was a prison guard at the who was once a prison guard at the Namboro prison the maximum uh, maximum security prison in the yep the prison in Namboro and the middle name Cruz it's actually named after a character from a TV show i believe it was called Santa Barbara one of those TV shows so my mom and my dad are watching the show and then one of the characters was named Cruz so my mom thought oh well, that's a nice name. Might as well add that, put that in the, put that in the mix of it. So that's how it got there. And my other middle name, Mbale Navatau, that's actually named with my grandfather's side, from my mum's side. So his his full name was, according to the birth certificate that I have at home, was William Mbale Navatau Tombali. So for my granddad back then, he was called Bill Fancy. Uh, he served in the Malayan War. Uh, was part of a band called the Southern Brothers. Uh, they made some well-known songs that are still sung today. Um, I still remember the time when Mamo when I play one of the songs. One of them, I believe, was called uh, Nukuvula Vula. I think that's the song by Lee Osborne or so. They they play this song at like weddings or so. And then when I hear this song, and then Mum would tell me, "Oh, this you know this song according to Mum that this song was you know that you know the Southern Brothers actually wrote this song or so." But I can be uh, I can be miss I can be. I'm misinforming uh, these guys, but that's what I that's what I learned. So um, even my granddad, he was part of the band. He knew, you know he learned the instruments. Uh, you know he played the I believe he played the trumpet. So he was I heard he was a he was a wonderful tenor. So I did, actually didn't get to meet my granddad. He passed away before I was born. 
I believe it was around 985 or 1984. So I uh, never got the opportunity to meet my granddad. So to all those uh, that have their granddads that are still alive, um, look, I have been encouraged, um, you know, to spend time with them. Uh, hear their stories. You may have heard it so many times, but bro, when your granddad or grandma passes away, it's like, man, if only I could hear one more story from grandma, or one more story from grandpa, or, you know, in, or from Bumbo, or, you know, those sort of, you know, those sort of sayings. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's that, uh, guys. And of course, with my last name of Andre, it's uh, because of my dad's side. Um, that's how I get the last name of Andre, or in English terms, would be Cordray. So, in saying that as well, where do my parents come from? So, with my parents, my father comes from Lasakau, Bau, uh, Tailebo province. And my mother comes from Lominikorumbau, uh, the Tailebo province as well. If I was to further expand it with my father, um, there's, of course, links from, the grand, uh, from, uh, from, from her grandmother. Well, from my grandma, uh, grandmother, uh, which I called uh, back in Nawati, or Mbuati, was um, from Namara in Tailebu. But actually, my biological, my, the biological, my biological grandmother, so my real dad, so my dad's real mom was from, actually from Matuma. But um, I still remember the story where she came from overseas to meet, to meet, uh, to try and find dad, but it wasn't successful. And I got a bit emotional with that because, you know, she came all the way, I believe she was from Canada, uh, trying to find him, but it wasn't, uh, it wasn't successful. But um, with my grandma, with my mom, of course, with the links to Bao Island. And so when I mean Bao, I mean Bao Yan Yan, Bao Island itself. Uh, of course, there's so much history behind Bao Island. That is, of course, where, where the, the Vunivalu, uh, also on top of that, you know, the former governor, the, uh, I believe it was the last governor general. Uh, no, sorry, not the last governor general. My, 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 um, no, not, not the last. He was the first governor general. Uh, Rata Georgia, the Kambau. But also on top of that, uh, you know, Rata Sukuna, uh, Rata Choni Mandrai Uiwi, um, and the Kambau. Many prominent figures have come out of Mbau, um, out of the island of Mbau. Um, you know, not on top of that, also Mbanu with Tambuko Doro, the Bau and Bullet. And I believe also the Henderson um, Loli, uh, the former Fijian halfback that just played recently in the Rugby World Cup. So there's been a few few figures that have come out of Mbau Island. But um, as much as there's history behind it, for me, myself as an individual, I just stay, I just remain humble by it. But also on top of that, it's just like it just shows, you know, that so much history is so much history is on that, you know, that little island. It's amazing that reading through the accounts of missionaries and reading you know of their accounts of being on bow island especially during the times of you know ratopinisa uh before you know when he uh, ceded fiji to great britain and you know of course renounced cannibalism and you know all those certain things as well and you know just hearing you know just seeing how far you know the important you know, the influence that came out of that um tiny island uh, that's just from my view uh, i'm prime biased because i'm saying because i'm from bow but um, no, it's just amazing, you know, just hearing the stories and hearing the many tales and the folklore that just come out of the island, the history that it possesses. So it makes me, uh, in a way, humble to see that, you know, there have been many figures that have come out on Bao Island, but it makes for me to make sure that, you know, I set my own path. Uh, I set my own course so that I, you know, just how they did it, you know, just what they have, they succeeded, that I, you know, that I got to do my part as well and making sure that I achieve, achieve, um, greater things in my path or in my history 
But um, yeah, that's that's about that. But we've uh, also on top of that with my gra- mom's grandma. So sorry, my mom's mom. Uh, so my mom, mom's uh, mom's mom. So my grandmother. Uh, she heard from, of course, from Vanuatu, uh, in the province of Mbua, uh, Kumbulawa, the village of Namalata. So um, it, it's amazing that history as well. I heard about my with my great grandfather Kavayarato in Lumborotu. Uh, he was a successful businessman, and I still remember the story my mom used to tell me that how to use barter uh, by using coconuts as a way to trade. And it's amazing during these times as well in uh, COVID, how um, you know people are you know, the, the barter for Fiji. Are people are bartering now due to the lack of finances and lack of employment back home in Fiji. So my grandfather was a successful businessman. Uh, heard many stories about him, and from that relationship, uh, you know, from my great grandfather, of course. Uh, my grandmother was, I believe, the second oldest. So now Sova, Sovaya, Sovaya Olumborotu, I think. Sovaya and John Moto, 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 Olumborotu. And then there was the extended family as well. So there was Bumu Marika, uh, so Marika Olumborotu. Um, yeah, it was really, it was really, a, it was a really big family. I think it was like eight or so that came. There was supposed to be ten or around or more than that, but, uh, Two, I think two died or one died at an early age. So, but still big families such as that. Uh, it shows that many years later that that family tree has spread. And uh, in a way, I'm thankful for for that as well, to see the history, especially from the Wanua level side. Had the opportunity of going there in 2013, uh, visiting uh, my grandmother's village. And uh, it was something else. It was something else, you know, hearing the stories and going around the village, um, just... Um, you know, that village life, that village experience, you know, like for me, being a city kid, uh, you know, it's just, um, it's, it was just something else. It was just something else knowing that, you know, that I've got it all here in Sydney, but when you go back to the village, it's like, you know, they still got it there, but it's like really, it's like laid back. That's in my view. Uh, they lay back in a way, it's like, there's no rush. Like here in the Sydney, like here in the Sydney or in the city, um, everything's on time. Everything that you have to go rush, rush, rush and do all these things, but... Like back home in the village, uh, back in the village when I was there, um, it was just something else. So I was just thankful for that. Um, on top of that as well, um, yeah, back to my parents. Uh, if I could expand further from my mother's, so my mother's great-grandmother from my dad's side. So of course, with my great-granddad from dad's side, of course, was from Baulamunikoro. But with my great-grandmother from my dad's side was from Yale in Kandavu. Shout out to all those in Kandavu and all the New Zealand Lai Lai. So um, that's the exam. You know, I haven't I haven't met much of the family from Kandavu, but hopefully one day, when the opportunity does arise, that I get that uh, moment to or that opportunity to um, sell to Kandavu, and you know, just see if they can get me to some of the family members. I've met some here in the past, but um, yeah, but hopefully can get into that as well. In saying that as well, so my upbringing. So I was born on the 24th of April, 1989. So I was, uh, you know, be classified as an 80s kid. Um, I grew up in, you know, being raised before the 90s and so. And also, from a historical point of view, it will be the same year. So the year I was born was the same year that Dr. George Lakumbao passed away. And with him holding the title of Wunivalu Mbao, I believe that their title is still vacant today. So the year I was born was the year Ratu Lakumbao passed away. But, um... In saying this, what does it look like for me in my upbringing? So I was born and raised in Saint, uh, born in Saint George Hospital in Cogra. Um, was born, was uh, raised in the Saint George area all my life, even till now. 
living in Hurstville, Carlton, Penzhurst. Um, I can't get out of the area. I can't get out of this area. I love, I love, um, I love where I live in the St. George area. It's like everything's close by. 15 minute, uh, 15 minute uh, drive to the airport. Uh, you know, just close to the city. So it's like very convenient for me and for the family. So I was born on 24th of April, 1989. Um, my upbringing was so, so, you know, how I remember my upbringing was, you know, especially my early years, was thankfully through photos. You know, this was back in the day when, you know, you could you, you had to use those uh, dispensable, uh, disposable cameras. You had to take photos, take photos. And by taking photos, you know, you have to use up all the film and then, you know, probably go to the nearest camera shop wait to pray one i don't know i may be exaggerating one to two weeks until the calf the photos are developed and then you go through the photos and see you know uh, see the outcome of it so i see for me my early years of course you know being surrounded by family i believe back then when my mom mom and dad during the days of bassett street they'll had i don't know they had gatherings every weekend or parties or so just seeing what was occurring there but I just seen those, those things happen in uh, Hurstville. Um, you know, being the only child of the family, my my mom and dad they they support me a lot. They support me a lot. Uh, you know, clothing. Uh, I think for my second or third birthday, I got a Nintendo. So having a Nintendo back then in the nineties, it was equivalent to having you know like a PS4 or or you know yeah PS4 and Xbox because that was the state of the art. And good old Super, Super, Super Mario and Duck Hunting uh, was just another means of keeping myself entertained. But on top of that as well, while playing Nintendo, uh, I also got to, you know, you know, with family, you know, even though being the only child, I was blessed to have a big family of cousins and uh, cousins, uncles and aunties. So I'd be sport every week while the cousins would come over, we'll play games or so. But I also had to, Heard as well that sometimes uh, if things didn't go my way, I still have a bit of an attitude problem. But uh, I let it learn to mature as years went by. How did I learn to mature? Uh, I was my mom and dad, or especially my dad. Um, discipline was a very big thing. Discipline was a very big thing for in the household. If my mom could not keep me uh, keep me controlled, uh, my mom would just go straight to my dad and say, "Cho, cho, rudo and then as soon as I look at my dad, it's like, oh, he starts grinding his teeth or he starts saying something. Uh, he start, he just says a few words and it's like, oh, bro, I got to get, I got to get back in line. So look, I did get disciplined. I got this, you know, I got smacked, you know, that, um, but in the end, it helped me to develop in a better person and also to look after my stuff very well. Uh, when it came to that, because when it came to looking after my stuff, uh, the reason why I say that was that when I was in kindergarten, uh, there was a time where you know Batman was big. You know during you know during the time in the nineties, Batman, of course, when Batman came out, Batman Forever, um, Batman with Michael Keating, uh, Batman cartoons. So my uncle actually bought me a Batman Batmobile, and it was like the real authentic Batmobile. This is not what you get at to um the two dollar shop. This is like a Toys R Us. So I actually got this for Christmas, and it was something big. Um, and I remember taking it to show and tell one time in my in primary school. And I, I showed it for show and tell, and I was playing around with my friends. And the next thing, next thing, my Batman car got was was missing, and I started getting I started getting worried. I started you know, panicking. And then one of my one of my friends in primary school, uh, his name is Daniel Stajewski, Macedonia, I think in Macedonia's 
uh, one of those uh, one of those uh, nations in Europe. He said to me, "Oh, Michael, the Batmobile has gone to the moon. It's gone to the moon." And foolishly, I believed him. So I was crying, and my teacher back then, Miss Cocotides, was trying to look for it. Um, eventually, there was no success. And when there was no success, and when they couldn't find it, I remember I I was I was nervous. I was scared. Because I know with mom back then she'll tell dad. So when I went home, you know, I was just real I was just real disappointed, real upset, and I had a little nap. So I had a little nap on the couch and I woke up and I remember opening my eyes and I see my dad eating dinner. And then I, I just see him, he looks real upset. You know, he looks at me and he, he gives me that look, oh man, this is gonna be a bad night. So uh, I remember I got the biggest hiding from my dad. I remember I got the biggest hiding. So getting that hiding from my dad was like, that was the only good hiding I ever got from him after that. And the next day, Daniel's mom comes. And I saw Daniel was crying as well. I think he got a, he got a telling off. And he apologized to me because the car, the Batmobile car, didn't actually go to the moon. He put it in his bag. In his bag. And then the uh, Daniel's mom had to come and apologize had to apologize to me and also to my mom about what had occurred, what had happened. So that was another thing as well. But primary school, like for me, when I look back in primary school, uh, I saw many things, you know, the education system here in Australia, uh, probably globally as well, has changed. Uh, like back then, your textbook was a big thing. Textbooks, you had to get your textbooks. If you didn't get your textbooks, then you're going to be, it was very difficult for you to learn from the curriculum or learn from the subjects that we've been taught by our teachers. So back then, especially from, especially from year three upwards in primary school, year three to six, you had to have textbooks. Uh, I was in range between 55 to $75. I think as the years went by, the pay, the price increased. But um, having those textbooks, was, for me, it was the coolest thing. Because by having a sex box, it was like the it was like the closest thing to having a you know a laptop, you know, especially now these days. So having a text box and you know smelling the the freshness of the new books and you know smelling the oh, bro, it's like it was like a Christmas. It's like it was like Christmas come early. That was for me. That was for me. And having those things, it actually uh, it actually make me um, made me feel it made me feel special as a student. Um, but in saying that as well. Uh, especially when it came to books, or especially after the Batman incident with the car, um, I actually very you know, was, it helped me to learn to look after my st stuff properly, to make sure that I don't give things away, and probably that's why I became a little bit tight as the years went by. But that slowly, gradually eased away. So in saying that as well, by having those stuff, by having those things, uh, those material things, um, you know, it just showed the love that my mom and dad showed towards me. Uh, especially during high school as well, going through that stage, uh, you know, you know, the, as your stage as a teenager, you know, you're gonna have the coolest bag or the, the coolest shoes, or you're gonna have the meanest hairstyle. So um, you may, I don't know if you, uh, if I bring up the old photo, but I used to have this massive afro in uh, high school, and it was like the thing back then, you know, to have the uh, meanest afro or the cornbread to dye your hair. Or, you know, back to the material things, having the coolest bag was so... Because, like, you stood out amongst the crowd. You stood out amongst the peers. You stood out amongst the people. But um, having those things, when I look back, it's like, man, bro, you foolish person. But, hey, that was back then in the days. And, you know, in high school and that, you know, there was so much peer pressure. But um, 
what kept me grounded, what kept me not doing things. And uh, I'm going to be real, I haven't, I haven't drank anything, I haven't smoked. Um, I haven't done anything that is, you know, what a teenager would do, you know. But I, not, what kept me grounded from not doing those sort of things was, of course, church. Was, of course, church. But also, but also just, um, you know, from a personal point was uh, my mum. Uh, there was an instance, there was one time back in the early 90s, so when I was a toddler, uh, you know, I love my parents, I love my dad and that, but sometimes when my dad had a few, had a few to drink, he'll get, you know, he'll get a bit wild. So, um, there's one time where, you know, not one time, there's many times we had to catch a train, you know, we'll go to Central, we'll just go somewhere and we just walk, you know, wait around till everything's calmed down and then we go back home. But I still remember the time when I was around five or four years old and my mom sat me on my lap. Uh, and said to me, Lovengu, oh, you know, so my son, I don't want you to drink beer, okay? And that's that's what my mom actually said. And I remember saying, hearing that. And uh, to this day, I haven't drunk a bottle of beer because all my mom said, prayers, the powerful words, or just, you know, don't, don't, not going into that path, not going down that path that my dad went. And, you know, that's why during high school, that I didn't want to disappoint my my parents, especially my mom, what she said before. So, you know, during this time of high school, you know, of course, there's the peer pressure. Um, and of course, going to, you know, my first high school was Hurstville Boys. Shout out to the Hurstville Boys, uh, and I think the George's River College or so, from year 7 to 8, 2002 to 2003. And then I went to Endeavour Sports High School from 2004 to 2007. So I was a class of 07 with Endeavour Sports High School. But, uh, you know, to be in that, but also going to high school as well, uh, you know, it's during that stage, and I can see it, you know, it's, it's that, it's that change, uh, the change of God. You know, when you enter into high school, it's like you're slowly getting opened up to the real world. You're slowly getting up, you know, open up to, you know, trying or experimenting on things, uh, per se. And for myself, you know, being a Fijian, especially in those sort of, that sort of area, and being around other islanders, you know, Tongans and Samoans, um, we always we always stuck together. I always saw that Tongan and Islanders they always had their own groups. And like for me, like back then, I also but it's like prison. You know, you had your groups. You had the you know so back in high boys, there was all the Middle Eastern boys in one group, and then there was the Islanders in one group. The Asians, uh, the Asians in one group, and you know it was just like it was like all these cliques. So. Being around the Islanders back then, you know, of course, it was just rugby and talking about rugby stuff and so on and so forth. But also as well, you know, with the island, you know, this gang culture. Uh, back then, you know, some of the boys, they'll tag, they'll tag their crew, they'll tag their gang, their gang signs, so on and so forth. And for me, I wasn't just, in, I wasn't into that. You know, like I, I, for me, I just saw this is all just show. It's just all these, you know, show pony around. But that's me for... That's me, and that was my mentality. But going into Endeavor Sports, um, going into Endeavor Sports, what I love, uh, what I liked about it was, you know, of course, sports, but academics as well. But you now I was thankful to go to that school, uh, but also going alongside, going to school alongside some uh, player people that are playing, you know, professionally in the uh, rugby league, especially in rugby league. So Martin Taupau, Chase Stanley, uh, Bradley Takarangi, uh, BJ Leilua. Um, you know many other players as well that can Abby McCulloch, uh, especially uh, you know playing professionally in uh, netball. I don't know if she's still playing, but you know she achieved some great things. Uh, Nate Tomlinson, uh, you know achieved greatly in Colorado for basketball. 
Um, there's many other. There's many others I can think of the top of my head. Teresa Polaris is one. Uh, you know, captain in Sydney FC and winning their you know the grand final, especially in the uh, in the W League uh, they call it or the yeah, the women's professional soccer here in Australia. Um, and man, you know, Damien Cook. Damien Cook was in uh, was I think two years below me. And it's amazing that, you know, how far he has come and where he is now to see that, you know, just shows it's all about the ticker, doesn't mean about the size. And to see him achieving greatly is, just, is a testament to anyone that, you know, size doesn't matter when it comes to playing, playing league or, you know, any sport. It's all about, you know, the mentality. It's all about you succeeding. It's all about overcoming those feats. So going to Endeavor Sports High School, it really made me thankful to be a part of that club, that school, that, um, that you know, that, uh, that fraternity. But also on top of that as well, uh, to be a part of the Rugby Union program. So just now, I've just been reading the Eddie Jones uh, biography. And I'm just in the early pages of it. If you read it, please don't spoil it. But just reading about how he's, uh, you know, he won uh, Bucken and, and the Waratah Shield were back then with Matraville, which is now Matraville Sports High. Um, but in saying that, you know, um, I got the opportunity to play in the Bucken Shield, Bucken Shield final. Uh, beating Griffith, I think it was 89 or 87 nil, and even going to Arata Shield final in 2000, in 2006 against Barker College, but unfortunately we didn't come away with the biscuits. So to be in that sort of, you know, to come away with a victory and a defeat, look, it's it's part of it's it's not only part of rugby, but it's a part of life as well. You win some and you lose some. It's just a way of you know just reacting or just coming over. I mean, like coming over those things and saying you know. You can't win all the time. Well, unless you feel like Tom Brady or Cameron Smith, but that's a different story. So in saying that as well, uh, how does Fiji history come into this? What What is my passion for Fiji history? So if I was to go back, if I was to go back during my primary school days, so when I was in year one, and then from year one to year six, uh, we learned a lot about Aboriginal history. Uh, shout out to indi the Indigenous brothers, you know, that... Uh, and the indigenous uh, brethren and sisterhood that love their Aboriginal culture. It's amazing to see that. And I learned a lot about the three sisters, uh, the rainbow serpent. Um, you know, during those times, you know, the, the Aboriginal narratives. And of course, um, there was one time in year one where an Aboriginal, I think it was a, an Aboriginal man, he came and he brought Aboriginal cuisine. So he didn't care. Kangaroo, um, emu, um, those sort of exotic uh, um well, I don't know if I call it exotic, but it's just something else. So, you know, learning Aboriginal history and Australian history, especially during 1778 and Captain James Cook and Captain Arthur Phillip and you know, all these uh, notable figures, Sir Henry Parks and the Father Federation, so on and so forth. Um, it came to, you know, it came to a point in my life, I said, bro, you know what? I want to learn my history. I want to learn Fijian history. I want to, I want them to teach me, I know, to teach me about you know, Fiji. So there were some scratches of it. So in 97, we did a, it was like a um, Pacific uh, nation, island by island. So one week could be, um, you know, Tonga and Samoa. So the week he came to Fiji, I was so excited. You know, hearing the facts about Fiji, about the islands and, you know, the, about the history. Well, it wasn't much of a history, but just a brief run through of Fiji itself. So hearing that, I was really, I, I really felt honored. But at the same time, so I wish there was more of this. So, moving on, probably around in the early 2000s, so Hurstville Boys, back in Hurstville Boys, there wasn't much on um, 
specific history, but there was just um, the Aboriginal history, so. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say Hustle Boys, but probably in Endeavour. Uh, back in 2004, year nine, my first year at Endeavour, um, my history teacher back then, Mr. Toma, uh, she taught about feder Federation. And what I learned from there is that um, during the time of Federation that uh, Fiji, uh, Fiji itself, but I believe it was, you know, during the time of colonialism, and whoever, uh, whoever may be the governor during the latter, during the um, end of the 19th, sorry, yeah, during the end of the 19th century, the 19th century, whoever the governor was, uh, they, they had a, a big meeting, uh, I think it was in Australia, so this is what I learned in history. So hearing that, um, hearing that is, um, you know, about Fiji attending and so on, so on, so on, so forth, it's okay, all right, well, it does mention Fiji, but, uh, I want him, you know, something more. So moving on, so in, uh, 2006, 2006, I had a teacher by the name of Mr. Martin. Um, in my view today, he's probably my favorite history teacher ever uh he went he went out of the box he went out of, in my view the out of the curriculum or so uh, under mr martin we learn about civil rights um not about civil rights but also um ancient egypt uh japan uh, especially in feudal japan during the tokugawa and all those uh clans back in the day and uh, learning the history you know those things but so but it came to assignment came to assignment and my history teacher said, Mr. Martin, so I did both modern and ancient at Endeavor. And he said to me, listen, uh, he said to our class, sorry, listen, I want you to choose a subject of your own choosing and that will be your assignment. So this gave me an opportunity. Okay. All right. So I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to go with, you know, Fiji. I want to see what I can do. So I ended up doing ancient, so ancient Fijian mythology. And I tell you, man, like for myself being a being a 17 year old and you know not having a clue about Fiji so apart from the beaches and family and you know the usual place Suva, Lotoka, Nandi you know those places but uh, learning the history of Fiji especially through mythology um, it really opened my eyes you know how you know of course we have Dakwanga and Dinge, the shark god, the snake god, um, you know the firewalkers of Mbenga, um, you know the cannibal chief uh, Ratundrunre who holds the Guinness World Record of eating I believe 999 souls and if he, if he ate a thousand he'll be deemed immortal i really opened my mindset to fijian mythology uh to you know to the folklore to the tales that have been you know been taught you know from generation to generation and from then on you know i got good marks um if i was to cut that story, story short i ended up getting first place in both modern and ancient history under steve uh, under under mr martin so because I, I just really the passion that he gave especially in history, you know, like uh, most of the boys, most of the island boys back then, they would choose uh, sports, you know, sports, music, anything practical. Pro and they, and some, you know, most, some of the boys chose history, but I think they just chose it in a way just to fill the gaps. So for me to choose history, I, like, I really loved it. Unfortunately, I did not repeat the achievement in year 12. Uh, the reason being is that um, it was a tough time. Unfortunately, my dad left, and it was just my mom and myself, and I was playing rugby. And, of course, for all Fijians, rugby, rugby union and rugby league, it's it's the sport to go to. You know, it's the sport to be. You know, it's the sport, you know, like, especially for me during my young days, um, you know, everyone watched, you know, either Waisali Serevi, you know, playing sevens, or in the 15-a-side game of Nicky Little, you know, starting conversions or, or, you know, doing his set plays, 
or you know whether it be the likes of you know you know Valvo. 2003 World Cup when he blistered the French defence and playing for the Auckland Blues or Luke Tungiri playing for the Waratahs and playing for the Wallabies and you know being successful in both codes with Origin in the Rugby League and you know of course achieving you know the World Cup you know nearly World Cup glory in 03 but it didn't come to pass so and I was playing rugby and you know rugby for me of course that was every Fijian you know every Fijian wanted to do so it came to a time in, back in 07 again where my dad left and my mum wasn't working a full-time job. I mean, she was working, she was got a permanent job, but it wasn't full-time, it was just like five hours, five hours a day. I mean, five, yeah, five hours a day. So around 25 hours a week. And it wasn't cutting, it wasn't cutting to pay the bills on that. And I really had to make a choice. So in the end, I said, you know, as much as I want to achieve this dream of playing rugby, you know, I got to think of my mum. Because uh, she helped, like my mom, uh, no, I really loved my mom. She worked around two jobs, sometimes three. And, you know, she was a hard worker. She tried her best. She tried her best. And I really loved her for that. And I said, you know what? If it, if it means uh, the sacrifice I have to make, the sacrifice I have to make. So I ended up giving up rugby in my final of high school, even though my coach, Mr. Robbie Bushel, he gave me the opportunity just to uh, don't come training, just play games on Saturday, just come and play on Saturdays. And I was thankful for that. But at the same time, while playing, you know, my final year and, you know, working, it was like, for me, the back of my mind, it was like, oh, it's like, I don't have the passion for it anymore because if I got injured, and I know this is a bad mentality, if I got injured, it's like, oh, I can't help mom. So it was like, you know, I just got to be played out safe. And that was just my view. That was just my, that was just my thought. And, you know, it really made me, it made me thankful in a way because like, you know, I gave up something that I loved. But also in a way, you know, like I got to think of my mom and the family. So I'm saying that, you know, I graduated, graduated from high school, you know, you know, played in rugby, you know, rugby tournaments. Uh, and when it came to rep, uh, represented rugby, of course, playing for Southern Di uh, Southern Districts Juniors under 16s. Uh, played in the winning, um, was part of the team in the 2000, 2005 Grand Final against Parramatta Two Blues. I came on 10 minutes, the final 10 minutes, but it was good to get a run. And to um, you know, be on the winning team, uh, but also on top of that, played Sydney East in 2006 and 2007. So Sydney East is like the metropolitan area. So representing them, I uh, went to trial out for CHS, CHS, uh, the CHS tour to New Zealand in 06. I didn't make it, but you know, in the end of the day, I look back and say, man, it was a great, it was a great opportunity. Uh, it was a great moment to be a part of that group. Uh, on top of that as well, um, you know, playing for Endeavour from 2009 to 2007. I remember those moments, you know, winning games, uh, you know, winning tournaments. And it was just a great feeling. And on top of that as well, to, I um, mean, rugby-wise, uh, you know, I've had the opportunity, you know, playing for Oakley Rugby from under 12 to under 16s. But I can say to myself as the years go by that I played alongside Robert Horn. Robert Horn is, you know, the, you know, of course, a former Wallaby. But shout out to him that you know what what happened to him, and I hope he gets, you know, hope he'll move on positively in his uh, career, in his uh, future, in his career now. But I was just thankful to play alongside him, and also with Dan Palmer. Dan Palmer was, uh, oh, he was, he was an awesome scrummager. I really enjoyed scrummaging against him, and uh, you know, being you know, under the Southern Districts Club, uh, I learned a lot of him. He didn't talk to me, he didn't say anything much, but just his actions of scrummaging and. His way of playing, it really, really made me, uh, really made me give me knowledge in the, especially as a former front row forward. 
by playing, which I played both loo um, loose and tight end. So in saying that as well, um, post rugby. So, of course, in my final year of uh, high school, I worked. And shout out to all those that are working. Shout out to, uh, you know, Fijians that may be working and doing school at the same time to help their family. You know, hats off to you. You know, you guys are, you know, you guys may be doing it tough, but I tell you this. If you, if you listen to this podcast and you're working and you're studying and you're doing all these things, you know, look, your rewards will come. Your rewards will come. You know, you just got to put your head down and just, you know, just pump it out. Just keep your head at it. Um, you know, just keep ahead of it. So, yeah, just keep on doing that uh, to those that may be listening, working, studying. So, I worked at Toll. So, the old Toll factory in Erskineville, which is now gone down. Uh, it's now apartment block. So, I was there from 2007. And I was under the Toll agency from 2007 till 2009. So, in 2009, um, I, I asked if there was any morning shift work. But uh, under back then, under the supervisor of Tanvir Chowdhury, they said, "Oh, there's no, there's no morning shift work. There's no morning shift work." So okay, all right. So I had to look for other jobs around in 2009. So coming back from Fiji in 2008, 2000 into 2009. Sorry, um, that's when I bought all these books as well in regard to Fijian history. So. I've got the books on Ratusukuna, the three-legged stool, uh, the Ratusukuna biography, the history of Fiji, uh, other books as well, the Fijian way of life, uh, leadership in Fiji, by Dr. Rusiati Nayadakalo. Uh, all these books, and I've actually read them all as soon as I came back, as, and even when I was in Fiji, I just full on, just read them all, and uh, it just gave me more insight, in, especially into the history of Fiji. So in saying that as well, learning about that. Um, I also got to, um, it really, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, man, I want to, you know, see what I can do with this. Uh, that was back in 09. So in 09, and then I found a job at Primo Foods. So Primo Foods, uh, now owned by JBS. Now by JBS, I was working there in Chilora, Primo Foods from 2009 to 2020. So 11 years. So at my... You know, if I'm sorry if I get a bit, um, if I pause and started this one, I promised my mum. So when I worked, you know, two years into my job, I said to mum, look, mum, I, you know, I do 10 years and I finish up. And then she said, okay, son, you can do that. All right, awesome. You know, good on, son. So um, my mum passed away in 2016, June the 6th, 2016. And I can tell you right now, man, it was a really challenging time for me. You know, for most of us, all Fijians, you know, we love our mums. You know, the, you know, there's not, you know, there's something about our Fijian mums. You know, they, they know how to say words or they know how to make you, you know, feel loved or so. And you know, my mum, you know, when she passed, like I kid you not, you know, it was like, it was like it was a big, um, it was a big loss for me. Um, and I may get all evangelical preachy right now. You know, in a way, you know, I was thankful that. You know, we had the Lord in our lives, but at the same time, when she went on, it's like, even now, and you know, I just wish, Lord, is there, is there a phone to heaven? Is there, you know, is there like a special one hour, you know, one hour yearly visit I can see mum? But, uh, you know, mum, mum meant a lot to me. We went through, we went through heaps. It was, uh, you know, we, you know, we went through thick and thin. And it wasn't perfect. Our relationship, my relationship between my mum and myself it wasn't it wasn't perfect but you know in the end of the day I still loved my mom you know we still had arguments but you know I still loved my mom and if I was to say this to anyone that is listening as well to if your mom or your dad is still alive 
or you know any family that you love that you treat as a mother and father still alive um love them you know love them um i know at times there may be you know a source of bitterness and unforgiveness but if i was to tell you straight you know when they die you can't say you can't say sorry to them when they're dead or when they're in the coffin or when there's a you know under six feet under the tombstone because they won't be able to hear it and you know for me i you know i loved mom till the end and and you know, unfortunately, you know, due to her health, she was diabetic. She had malcarrier malformation, which is fluid in the brain. Uh, it made me, you know, it was like I had to really, I tried my best, you know, to look after and that. But at the same time, I know I may begin spiritually. You know, sometimes the Lord looked at us, you know, I think it's time for her to come home. So, but in saying that, when mom passed in 2016, so that was like my, that was like my seventh, so I was seven years into Primo. And... It really motivated me. You know what? I got three more years. I'm gonna just do my best and pump it out. So I ended up finishing, you know, just this year in 2020 after 11 years, and I thank the Lord for that. But back to the Fiji history part of it. So in 2013, December, I think it was December 7th, around early December, that's when I made the Fiji history page. So when I made the Fiji history page, the reason why I made it was because, you know what? I was saying to myself, I'm gonna try and make a platform of Fijian history by you know because by you know through the power of imagery and I was saying to me you know, you know and I was saying to myself you know I'm gonna give this a shot and we'll see how it goes so my goal was in 2018 so sorry in 2013 I put a five-year plan five-year goal so the goal was you know 2,000 followers if I get 2,000 followers um, put a you know decent decent portion of photos up on top uh, up on the page, we'll see, and then and I find it success, uh, successful. So 2018, which is now th uh, three years ago, instead of 2,000 followers, it was at 20,000 followers. 20,000 followers, and seeing that, it's like wow, you know, to achieve that is a, is you know, it was for me a massive milestone. But that was, of course, you no. Know, there's you know, I give thanks to those that helped out throughout those years, especially to uh, Arietta Tingalolo Rica, or back then she was uh, Arietta Tora. Uh, she had that page, the Talanoa page, and she posted, she's the first one, she gets the bragging rights for posting the page, uh, the Fiji history page back then in its early days. And to see where it's come now, um, it's just, you know, it's just a, it's just awesome to see that. And, and as well, I just stay humble by it. I don't get big headed by it. I just stay remain humble by it because, you know, it's for the Fiji, you know, this page is for the Fijian people. Uh, this page is showing that, you know, that Fiji has come a long way. Um, you know, from then till now, and you know, showing photos of of Fiji itself in the ways to try and motivate and inspire other Fijians to to succeed or you know achieve in their chosen fields. So making that Fiji page, and then in 2018, uh, the establishment of the Fiji Facebook page came, and I can say to you um, right now that if everything goes according to plan that we could um the page could be reaching 20,000 likes by you know but hopefully by the end of this week or by the end of this month and that's um that's you know just shows rapid growth as well starting 2018 and it done in under five years so um it's awesome to see that as well but um uh, if i was to let you know now look i'm not no historian you know i'm not no expert i don't have a degree in history even though i'm doing a degree but it's in another totally field but like, you know, I made this in a show because like when you see social media now, 
I'm unfortunate there's some pages or there's some things that are shown on social media which is inappropriate. Um, you know, you see like the you know men or men and women, you know, dressing you know um, you know little clothing and more flesh is revealed if you know what I'm saying. So making this page was a way to educate and to bring forth you know the, um, bring forth Fiji, bring forth the Fijian history, bring forth the you know people that have achieved that are represent Fiji or Fijians that are represent other nations. And also on top of that as well, to show Fijians, look, look, we're more than just a rugby playing nation. You know, Fijians can achieve in other fields as well. Fijians can achieve in, you know, the medical field, you know, the academic field, the military field, any field it may be, Fijians can achieve in it. And by making this page, it's um, it's a way to show forth and showcase. And by leading to the establishment of the Fiji History page and the Fiji Instagram page, by making the podcast of the Everyday Fijians, it was a way to show forth you know, that Fijians here in Sydney, especially around the world has a story that they can share, that they can share that this, this podcast is a platform of sharing their story of being an everyday Fijian. And you may have heard it, you know, throughout the week. So, you know, throughout the, its first episode in August, which I'm surprised to see that from now till from then till now to see over, you know, 3000 plays and, you know, 30, around 37 nations and a combined audience of over 250 listening in. It's like, wow, this is something else. And to see that, I just want to say thank you. I may, and probably you may be thinking, you know, I may be saying thank you so many times, but, you know, you don't know how much this means to me, even as a host or even as an administrator, Fiji history to see this page expand. But on top of as well, in regards to history, I want to just give a special acknowledgement to the Fiji Museum to the National Archives of Fiji, to Dr. T, to Dr. Kirsty Close, I believe, um, to those, you know, to the archaeologists that keep on, you know, excavating and looking for, you know, artifacts in Fiji. I just want to say thank you. I want to say vinaka because you are the people that are you know, doing your part, you're doing your job, that are, you know, well qualified in your fields. And to see that um, occurring and to see, you know, photos coming or other artifacts that have been shown, it just shows that, uh, you know, Fiji itself has a unique history. And on top of that as well, I just want to give acknowledgement to them. Um, and, you know, the reason why the page is successful, because of people like them. I'm um, also on top of that as well, and I just want to say, you know, that it's an awesome thing to see how Fiji, the Fiji history page is growing, and to see how far it's come and where it's going. I never knew to myself, even this year in 2021, that if, you know, I never knew to myself that I'll be saying that the Fiji history page is on the verge of reaching 60,000 followers. I never knew, you know, I never would imagine that. But and I just want to say thank you to that and to see where it is now. Um, I just remain humble and I'll continue to keep on achieving and doing my part in showcasing and presenting Fijian history through the power of imagery, through the power of photos, through the power of, uh, you know, set the, the captions, through the power of text or so to see, uh, you know, how far we've come. What I love about Fiji, family, food, <laughs> um, the lifestyle. Um, like when I went, when I when the, I tell you when you know, when I left the village in 2013, after my stay there, uh, I kid you not, I cried, I teared up. Um, you know, because of course we were the eldest of the Ilumborotu family, Bumbu Marika. Unfortunately, that'll be the last time I see him. Just the next year later, he passed away. But, uh, you know, he lived a good life and, you know, what he did and what he achieved, you know, I give credit to that. So it really made me thankful and really made me um, more blessed to be around with family. And on top of that as well, you know, what I love about Fiji is that 
you know, there's a saying you can take the boy out of Fiji, but you can't take Fiji out of the boy. You can take the boy out of the island, but you can't take the you know, the island out of the boy, so on and so forth. But um, you know, that's what I'm really thankful for. I'm really thankful for, you know, my parents that they came, they left home and they migrated here. Um, I'm thankful that they gave me this life of you know getting a good education, uh, you know, doing my part, um, being a good, you know, trying to be a good person in the community. And, you know, to Fijians that may be listening or non-Fijians, um, you know, it just shows that if you do your part, um, if you succeed, succeed especially so, then, you know, you know, that's awesome. But in order to succeed, you know, um, you know, it requires hard work. You know, there's no substitute for hard work. You know, I know it sounds cliche, but, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be how it's done. But, um, and I'm really thankful for... You know, for my uh, for you know, for myself, uh, for what, you know, what has occurred in my life. But if it was from a spiritual perspective, I thank the Lord. Um, you know, I, I'm really you know I really am a person that believes in God and in the Lord. You know, maybe some of you are listening. I don't don't you know don't agree with me or don't believe in that. You know, that's cool. That's that's your field. But for myself, you know, I'm I'm really thankful because my my especially my mom and gran my grandma instilled that into me. Like even for me right now, like. 20 yeah 32 years ago as my birthday will be next uh, next month you know there was a stage where um doctor said to my mom said listen man they listen uh, listen uh listen ma'am you know it's either you or your son that's gonna you know not survive and my grandma prayed you know when she prayed she prayed and to see the outcome to see how the outcome of the you know the, the, with the lord answering her prayers that you know i'm here even though my mom's not here but she was here and you know that's all i can say to that but um, what I'm thankful for as well is that, you know, that being, being a Fijian, I may have not achieved in the rugby field, but, you know, to those that haven't achieved in the field that they wanted to achieve in, it's not the end. Especially to any Fijian that are listening right now. Whether you're Fijian, Tauke, Indian Fijian, Chinese Fijian, or, yeah, Fijian, blood in you, it's, it's not the end if you haven't achieved, you know. You know, the world is a big place. You know, there's other fields that you can achieve in. You know, there's other places that you can achieve in. And if I was to make my Mount Rushmore right now with my architect Jeffrey, the people that I put on my Mount Rushmore, of course, would be my mom and dad. Um, of course, um, my mom and dad, my grandmother, my grandma, no, uh, Sovai, no Sova, no. Um, my uncle, my my grandma, so my uncle from dad's side, uh, Ratu Wiliki. So shout out to Oliver Neparama, hopefully you hear this. And Ratu Noke, so uh, Wilkinson Takiveikato, I just called him Smoratu. I'll put him in because he was like another dad to me, man. He would, he would buy stuff. He would, you know, that Batman car I said earlier before, that was from him. He actually bought me the Batman car. So, shout out to Ratu all the way in Lotoka. Um, thank you so much for being a, and like another dad to me. You know, it really meant a lot. And also, on top of that as well, um, on top of that as well, um, look, I can put the Lord Jesus Christ, but he's the bigger picture. He's like the creator of the mountain. And another person, person I put is um, uh, my uncle Mumukui. Uh, Mumukui, if you're hearing this, the, thank you so much for taking me to church on Sunday Sundays. You know, open your home. You know, uh, even though I was a big eater, I know you get frustrated, but thank you for always taking me, Mumukui. Uh, it really means a lot. So that's my five. So be my mom and dad, my mom and dad, my grandma, uh, Ratu, uh, so Ratu, Ratu Ilki, and my Mumukui. Those are the five people. There's others I can put, 
But look, overall, this match in the airport, but to all other relatives that heard this and that know me and my friends, you know, you're all part of my journey as well. And I thank you for, you know, being a part of my journey. My school friends, my work friends, um, you know, my family, my aunties, my uncles, my cousins, my nieces and nephews. Now I'm blessed to have so many nieces and nephews now. And I thank the Lord for that. So, in saying that as well, and I'm just really thankful. Uh, I know I keep saying thankful, but, you know, thank you and please are magical words. And I'm just really thankful for this opportunity, like, to, you know, make you know, to make this podcast or to do this podcast. And even though I was to say about this as well, like, you know, this app, I want to big shout out to, big shout out to Veitalono Podcast, although in the United States. If I didn't hear about this Anchor app, there would be no Everyday Fijians podcast, hands down. So, today at Veitalono Podcast, to, um... Yep. Oh man, forgive me. You know who you are. I know you know who you are. So to the podcast host there in Vetalano, just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for saying about mentioning this podcast and explaining it. Um, and you know just to see that. So I want to say thank you so much. I've not I've not for that. But also on top of that, um, you know I just want to be and you know, I'm thankful. Like you know I don't have a degree. I don't have a degree in journalism or or any of these things. It's just about you know putting yourself out there, um, you know being that being that beacon of influence, being that person that shows, you know that you know tries to encourage or inspire you know other Fijians to share their story or to show that you know your story must be known or you're you're not just a you're not just a you know just a how can I say like a pawn in the chess piece so you know you're very important um, to all those Fijians that are listening you know to here in Australia around the world. And I'm just real thankful for the opportunity to put this podcast. So, uh, with me with me finishing off, look, I'm just gonna say, if there's anyone here for now in the Sydney region, here in Sydney, Australia, they want to share their story, please just come, just message me, message me on the Fiji History page or on the um, my you know my Instagram page or my Facebook page. Just message me. Don't don't be afraid. You know, um, you know, as much as I go to people to ask, but I want those, you know. That have a story, even if you're, even if you work in a factory or a factory or any other place, just come, just come and just message and, you know, it's, it's it's a story because you may have a story behind it. Like for example, the person that I interviewed last night, uh, he was a family member. Man, he he had a story that he shared, and look, he he had a look, he had a he made some you know, cho- decisions, he made some choices that you know he knows it was a it was a mistake. But like he, he learned from that and now he's very successful in his own um, chosen business field. I will get him back on to have to redo the podcast. But look, it just shows that, you know, any field as a Fijian, um, you know, shout out to, you know, shout out to all those in the military or in the, you know, even your factory worker. You're doing the 6 to 2.30 or the 9 to 5 or 8 to 4, those hours. You know, you, you have a story to share. But in the end of the day, you know, look, man. You know, we all come. You know, we all come from. We all come from. You know, I may be biased, but one of you know, the best place in the earth, best nation in the earth, best beaches. You know, even the Pope said, you know, Fiji, the way the world should be. But hopefully, it will still carry on. I know there's uh, some ch- ch- challenging times right now back home, but um, just shows you know that as a Fijian, you know, we we've overcome, especially through cyclones and other um, if, uh, other events as well that have shaped the nation's uh, history. So. Look, that's my story. That is my story as your as your everyday Fijian host. 
um that is my journey so far so um, once again i just want to say thank you i just want to say big vinaka to all those that are listening or those that will listen to this podcast i do hope in the way you find yourself realizing that look you know i'm in the same boat as you you know, I'm in the same boat as you in regards to working. You know, I may not have worn the Fijian jersey. I may have not got an NRL contract or Super Rugby contract. But, you know, I'm part of that grind in the, in the morning or afternoon delivering. And a matter of fact, I just finished my the shift of delivering right now. So, you know, I'm a delivery driver and, you know, I'm not ashamed to say that. Uni, I'm a uni student as well, part-time and also delivering food and an Uber driver as well. So if you if you can relate to me on that or if you're just a worker or if you are very passionate about your history, your own family history and share it, just come on the page. I mean come on the you know, just message me on my page and we can go from there and we can sort it out and be a part of the guests that have include many people such as the first guest of Sam Bolivosa, Thomas Baisabu, Rockin' Cab, Matisse Walkton Brown. Um, Ronda Nyingama, Oliver Takibe Kata, Hezron Sautu, Willi Namakandre, many other names that I can mention off the top of my head as well. And, you know, they've shared their story. Wilson Wotu, um, those individuals. And so if you have that story you want to share, please, by all means. But in saying that, I do hope you enjoy this podcast. Enjoy the rest of your week, whether it's Monday or wherever, what day may be in the part, in the part of your world. But in saying that, take care, take it easy, have a safe one. And... Hopefully, you will see be here in the next podcast in the near future. But in saying that, this is your host, host of Everyday Fijians, my Kali Cruz, Andre, speaking, but also signing out. Have a safe one. Take care. Nisa Mothe.